Good morning, Marketplace. It is my honor and my privilege to be before you on this wonderful day that the Lord has made. I pray that that moment of worship was a blessing to you. I pray that you were able to have just a brief moment of time where you were able to sing along and worship with the Lord 
with us. Um, we're going to dig into the word. We have been moving forward in our journey to Pentecost, looking forward uh, to the events, looking through the events that took place between the resurrection and the subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit. Our most recent study has been on the valuing and devaluing of testimony. And so as we move deeper into the narrative, I want to focus on the reality that it is the Lord's will, listen to me, it is the Lord's will for us to be together. Uh, write that down. It is the Lord's will for us to be together. So I want to look at the scene. What is going on behind the scenes as we've talked about this testimony? We now see the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's let's bullet point quickly the scene that we have before us as we teach today. So Jesus has appeared just like he said he would. He has risen on the third day. There's disbelief. Even though he has continually shown himself to people, there are some who just refuse to believe that Jesus is a man of his word and that he had risen from the dead. Jesus then validates his appearance even to those that refuse to believe. And then in turn, we see that Jesus rebukes their disbelief. Jesus then tells this entire group, watch this, to come together, to come together. So I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm sure that there was some animosity between this group. They've attempted to speak the truth to their friends, their family, and their peers, but they had not been received. They were questioned as if they were lying and we know that the Lord had an issue with this disbelief because he rebuked them for their response. So, so right at the onset of this message, a couple of questions, because I need us to be transparent and I need us to be uh, real with ourselves if we're really going to be together. How many of us have ever felt like when we were speaking, we were not heard? Or how many of us have ever felt like when you were speaking, you were misunderstood? How many of us have felt like we have been devalued or simply not valued at all? So there are times where we were trying to communicate something that we were passionate about, something we knew to be true. And while our speech may not have been as clear, while our passion may have come in the way of our presentation, the reality is that sometimes the response of people has shut us down and caused us to want to disconnect from people who have discounted what came out of our mouth. Let me give it to you this way. When people devalue your speech, you can find yourself devaluing your connectivity to them. Man, praise be to God. In other words, when people devalue the things that we say to protect ourselves and to not continue to be devalued, we disconnect from those people and we no longer see value in staying connected to them. So all of what I have talked about, not being heard, not being understood, not being valued, 
All of these are legitimate emotional states of the group that is before us today. But what happens? The Lord speaks and it was Jesus who rebuked their disbelief. It was Jesus who corrected their behavior. And once Jesus had rebuked them and corrected them, watch, he still had an expectation that this same group, this same group would come together. Just allow me to take my time this morning. After Jesus dealt with the wrong, after Jesus put them back in their proper place, the expectation of Jesus was still that this group would come together. You see, as I said the last time that I spoke, the Lord wants to pour, but it is his desire to pour on the body of Christ as a collective. It is his desire to pour on our homes as we come together. It is his desire to pour on our churches as we come together. It is even his desire to pour on our communities as we come together. I would like at the onset of this message to come against this individualistic, isolationist, non-accountable, anti-biblical mindset that I now see prevalent in the body that keeps saying I instead of we. Let me be clear about the church, and I have heard it and maybe even been misunderstood in my teaching of it, we as a collective is the church. We collectively are the church. Individually, I'm a member of the body. I am not the body of Christ by myself. We're one body, many members. The Lord is trying in this season to get us to come together. And I know what some of you are thinking, but give me a minute. Just walk with me. Some say, but I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by what they said. I'm hurt by how they responded. I'm hurt by what they did. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the Lord will heal. You have to trust him to do it. But I'm angry, Bishop. I'm, I'm mad by what they said. I'm mad by their response. I am mad about being undervalued, devalued, misunderstood. I'm mad the Lord will comfort. Trust him to do it. But it's not fair. How long do I have to put up with it? How many times do I have to go back to the drawing board? I'm sick of repeating myself. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not justified. The Lord will bring justice in his way. Trust him to do it. And so when we look at our group, this animosity that they had, I am sure was legitimate. To go a step further, the animosity that we feel, those who I'm talking to this morning, the animosity that you feel, that we feel about other members of the body, I am sure is held up by legitimate breaches of trust. Legitimate breaches of trust that have caused legitimate pain. Jesus will fix it. And when he fixes it, and as he fixes it, he still requires us to be the body, keyword, together. 
right in this introduction of this message. I know uh, some of you may be rolling your eyes now, frustrated, already tuned out, but the truth is not, watch this, minimized by your disagreement. I acknowledge, yes, there are people who have done things to hurt us. I acknowledge, yes, there are people who have caused us to be angry. I acknowledge, yes, repentance and restoration needs to take place both in our life and in the life of those who have offended us. Now, here's what I would encourage us. Let's pray and strive towards wholeness, not only for ourselves, but also for them. Instead of us breaking the model given to us by the Lord to be together, instead of us fanning the flames of our flesh and allowing disconnection to be our portion, instead of us allowing the devil to get the victory through our consistent dissension and literal rebellion to God's word, God is calling us. To be together. He wants to pour. He wants to rain down his power like never before. But he wants to do it on the collective. The reality of hurt. Listen. The reality of hurt does not free us. From walking out the will of God. Nor does it justify our disconnection from those who are also striving towards victory in the face of the same difficulties that we are. I'll give it to you another way. While I recognize that you have legitimate pain, that does not free you or make you any less accountable to God's will. Neither does it disconnect you from the fact that the people who hurt you are struggling just like you. Just because their struggle is different and may make no sense to us, that does not mean that their struggle is not legitimate and does not touch the heart of the Lord. Many of us, through our own hardened hearts, Continue to turn our backs on the very togetherness that Jesus died for. I'm taking my time this morning because the Lord has told me clearly, I want to pour, but I want to do it as you come together. And I, and I don't want us to come back into buildings the same way we left them. So let's right now, as I come to this first text, Let's look at what Jesus did after people were misunderstood, after the disciples were not believed. Let's look at how what Jesus said to them. Did Jesus allow them to disconnect from one another? Did Jesus tell them, each one of you work out your salvation, but just between us two? Did Jesus say, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon the individual, just you? Just the ones who did it right because all have sinned and come short of the glory. What did Jesus do? Luke 24, 49. Look at what Jesus says. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father 
upon you. That you right there wasn't an individual. It was the collective group that he was speaking to. But you, the whole group, are to stay, watch this, in the city until you, all of you, are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus made them a promise. Power's coming. A power that will enable you to continue this work even though I won't be with you. A power that will sustain you, that will keep you. A power to deliver, to heal, to set free. A power that many of us say that we possess. Jesus is telling them, power is coming, I'm about to pour. However, this power was going to be sent on the group. So despite everything that they had gone through together, despite what they had heard from one another, the pain, the frustration, he's now telling them, you're going to have to come together, stay together, learn to worship together, Lord, pray together, heal together, so that when the power comes on you together, you can go forth and serve together. This, people of God, is where I'm trying to get us together. Now, as I alluded to early, earlier, some of you right now are saying, thank you, Jesus. I knew that Bishop was going to hurry up and get us back to the church building. This is why we need to hurry up and get back to church. And, or, or this is why our building should have never been closed. You know, thank you, Bishop, for justifying what I thought. But I would argue that together is not simply, simply about proximity. Mm. But God's together is about agreement. Mm -hmm. Together is not simply about proximity. But God's together is about agreement. So we can be in the building and still not be together. We can be on the same team and still not be together. We can live in the same house and still not be together. We can even have the same last name and still not be together. So what good would it do, people of God, for us to rush back into our buildings Having learned nothing about being together. What good will it do if you just play the part of togetherness through proximity? Waving the banner of unity simply because of proximity when we clearly know that we are not together. The Lord wants to pour. But he wants us to be together. So, so what is together? Bishop, what are you trying to tell us? If together is not proximity, then what is it? Okay, turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Let's start at verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem. They is the group, the collective. The Mount 
called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room. This is all of them. Where they were staying. That is Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all, here it is, these all, all of them, the whole group, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Pay attention to this. Remember, this is the same group. This would have been the same Mary Magdalene that they didn't believe. The same disciples who had seen him in another form and then tried to tell people and they didn't believe. This is the same group who had a devalued testimony that now Jesus had given them an instruction. I'm going to pour, but I need y'all to come. Yes, together. So this same group, all of them had to come to one place. And let me be clear, they didn't go to the synagogue. They went to the house where they were staying and they went into the upper room of that house. Mm -hmm. And in the upper room of the house that they were staying in, they were gathered together. They're worshiping together in the home. They're reading the word together in the home. They're studying together in the home. They're praying together in the home. This same group who may have had animosity just a little while before this. Can you imagine how they were looking at Peter? You are the one that denied Jesus. Can you imagine how Mary Magdalene is looking at some of them? I tried to tell y'all that he had risen, but you didn't want to hear me. Can you imagine how they were all looking at Thomas? Can, you know, Thomas, come on, man. We told you that he had gotten up, but you just insisted on having to feel and touch the Lord for yourself. But Jesus handled their wrongs. Jesus handled what they had done. And his instruction to them is, I'm going to need all of y'all to come together. And the word here that really gives us clarity in this teaching is right there in verse 14. Uh, yes, where it says one mind. One mind. That word one mind is actually two English words made of one Greek word. It means without descent. They all came to glory. They all came together without descent. Another way of putting this, watch this. It, they all came together with an inner unity engaged in a external singular action. They all came together with an inner unity engaged in an external singular or similar action. They all came together and their unity was first internal. It manifests in the external. I'll give it to you like this. What we do externally, what is seen, is made possible by what we have internally, what is not seen. So for your home to have external success, there must be an internal unity. Mm -hmm. For our churches to have an external success, there must be an internal unity. Let me back up. Let me rewind. So many of us want to give the impression, I hear you God, of success 
Mm -hmm. So you taking pictures with your spouse, but you can't pray with your spouse. You taking pictures of vacation, but you could not move together synergistically in the will of God because you don't have an internal unity. You're trying to put on an external facade without an internal agreement. Mm -hmm. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. How can two walk together unless they agree? So please understand what we do externally is only valid when we have something internally that is yoked together with the power of God. So this group, it was not the external, but it was the internal that was first, first clarified. I'll read it again. Verse 14. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Please, with one mind, without dissent, without dissent, an internal connectivity that manifested itself in external power. So, so please hear me. While I look forward to our corporate gathering, we cannot expect to see collective overflow from God. We can't expect to see collective overflow when we're not together. We cannot expect to see the consistent pouring of God's presence if we refuse to be together. We cannot expect to see manifestation externally if we refuse to do the work internally to be together. Right now, as you're listening to me, God is calling us together. I'm talking about some homes need to come together. Stop being a one way externally when it's not legitimate internally. And now, and let me say this for, for somebody who is saying, who's using what I'm saying as justification for delay, because somebody just said, and see, that's why, you know, I ain't talking to them. And that's why I'm not connected because we not together internally. So get together. You, listen, many of us are allowing your flesh to control the timetable of God's healing. I heard that. Many of us are allowing our flesh to control the timetable of God's deliverance. Many of us are allowing our flesh to control the timetable of God's victory. You could have been back together. You could have been healed. You could have been delivered. You could have been set free. But the flesh was waiting on an external set of circumstances to line up with your current level of comfort. And because you're not comfortable with the way that God wants to do it, then you're just going to allow the victory to move and be far from you. Please hear me. I want to see the pouring of God. He wants to do it together. I want to see overflow. He wants us to be together. I want to see consistent signs, wonders, and miracles. He wants to do it together. And it makes no difference for us to rush Back to these buildings if we are not together in our souls, in our hearts. What difference does it make if we come back together, but we're still not on one accord? What difference does it make if we if we pack out stadiums, but not on one accord? And I guarantee you, in churches across the country, those first services back in the building will feel externally 
like the power of God is there. Externally, we will have exuberant displays of charismatic power externally. We will have people shouting and dancing and, 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 and proclaiming the victory of God externally, but internally. See, God wants to pour. We're coming up on what is arguably one of, if not the most important scriptural holidays, the outpouring of the comforter. The comforter has come. And I am trying to prepare us and posture us, people of God, in the upper room. I'm trying to prepare us and posture us to be together. And some of you are going to wait to the last minute. You're being like Constantine in your belief. Constantine is famous for waiting until he was on his deathbed to be baptized. Some of you are waiting right until the last minute. I'll, I'll get it together right before Pentecost. 11.59 p.m. I'm going to come together with God's will. Come on now. But 11.59 is not promised to any of us right now. You're listening to me. Make that phone call. Get together. Repent, get together, get down on your knees, get together. Tell the Lord, I yield, I quit, I give up. Get together, stop giving your flesh the victory. We, he wants us to come to one accord. There is nothing that can stop the will of God. I'm telling you, people of God, when we come together in one accord, in one place, power is present, power is available. Signs, wonders, and miracles flow to the collective, to the collective, to the collective. I am telling you that we will see the victory. We will be triumphant. We will see what God said, but we are not to do it as the individual. We're one body, many members. God wants us to be together. Pentecost is coming. And prophetically, for those of you who are listening, I am saying to us, as we celebrate Pentecost, we need to be together. I come against the spirit of dissension this morning. I come against the spirit of disconnection this morning. Today, let us all come together with the will of God. Come together and put ourselves in a position with our hands lifted up and surrender, begging God as a collective, Lord, pour. Pour on us together. Not pour on me, Lord, pour on us together. Let us all get collectively in a posture of repentance, a posture of prayer, a posture of worship. Come on, with our hands lifted up, as the song says, and our mouth filled with praise, with a heart of thanksgiving, we will bless you, oh Lord. Let us all collectively lay aside every weight. Let us all collectively crush the spirits of pride. Let us all collectively just Stop all of this, you know, that where, where it's all about us, when it's all about our comfort and our will and our way and our desire. Let us all collectively come together this year, this 2020, as we celebrate Pentecost. I'm declaring that it should be a day of legitimate revival. Let me show you. I'm going to read this last verse and I'm done. 
Because some of us right now, you're coming up with every excuse not to do what God said. But I'm challenging you. If you refuse to come together, you're refusing the overflow. I am not minimizing your hurt, your pain, the atrocity of anything done to you, said to you. But let me tell you, do not allow unforgiveness to keep you in a prison. I've forgiven them. I just don't fool with them no more. Wait, 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 wait. God wants us to come together. Together. Fix what needs to be fixed so you can come together. Say what needs to be said and stop allowing the flesh to allow you to operate in dissension and come together. Have that conversation. Make that phone call so you can come together. Some of you right now, yes, some of you right now need to do some tangible stuff today so you can come together. Let's read this. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. I'll stop right there. Pentecost is coming. And I need us to all be together without dissent, internally connected for external results. So that when we do step foot back in the building, our praise is for real. When we do step foot back in that building, there is a legitimacy to our worship. There's a legitimacy to your hug, a legitimacy to your hello, a legitimacy to your shout, a legitimacy to your dance. That happens when you fix the internal before you fake the external. The word for today, the word I want to leave you with is together. He wants to pour, but he wants to pour on us together. Let me pray. Father, you've heard the word. You've heard the challenge. Now give us the strength to apply it today in Jesus name and for your glory. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I pray this word while I know it is challenging, while I know that some of you, um, you know, are really having a difficulty because the pain, the anger, the frustration is legitimate. But those those emotions do not do not do not have to be your portion. You can be free from that today. You can be free from that today. God wants to heal it. You got to give it to him. Cast your cares upon the Lord and leave them. Stop picking them up. He wants to do it for you. He wants to do it for you. Glory. He wants, yes. He wants to do it. I feel you, God. He wants to do it for you. Today, not tomorrow, not next week, not working on it. I'm telling you that the power of the Holy Ghost wants to come right now and free you of all unrighteousness and free you of all pain and free you of all guilt and free you of all anger and free you today if you need prayer reach out to us reach out if you're connecting to this ministry 
We also look forward to hearing from you. And finally, if you want to give, you can do so. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you.